presence of God. Omni meaning all or universal, and present meaning here or next to or close to. All present or God is everywhere. Pretty straightforward. Now that fact, the fact that God is everywhere, is basically stated all through the scriptures. And even if it wasn't stated through the scriptures, we could infer it from his other attributes. His other attributes would, in, would, would make it be so, it'd have to be so, for his other attributes to be true, that God is omnipresent. Now we don't want to confuse this doctrine with, or mix it with pantheism, meaning God is in everything or that everything is God. I think I told you that an old missionary saw a Hindu priest walking around in the woods, knocking on trees and on rocks saying, are you in there? Trying to find his God. Okay, you don't want to get into that misunderstanding. When a man makes an idol, he makes God after his own image. Now think about this. When God made man, he said, let, me, let us make man in, after our image, right? So he makes God, man in his own image. But when man makes an idol, when man makes a God, he makes God after his own image. And the idol, like the man, is limited in his scope. A man can flee from the presence of that God and return to that presence at will. You see, it's in that room, and he can walk away from the presence of his God, or he can come back into the presence of his God whenever he wants to. He has made God after his own image. That's convenient, but it's not accurate, because God is everywhere present. He is no closer physically to anyone on a mountaintop than he is in a tavern. No matter how much we might want that to be, he's no closer physically to you if you're on a mountaintop or in a tavern. Now we need to pursue that thought a little farther before we do, we better get a handle on God's presence so that we can understand that. In 2 Chronicles, Solomon declares that the heavens of heavens cannot contain God. The universe does not contain God. God, in fact, contains the universe. Now that makes your brain kind of hurt. How can that be? The universe does not contain God, but God contains the universe. Well, let me give you an illustration from Tozer that will help you. If you take a bucket and you put it in the ocean, where is the water? Well, you say the water's everywhere. The bucket contains the water, but the water contains the bucket. Oh, that's starting to get us into the neighborhood here. God is not contained by the universe, but he is present everywhere in it. Now, let's try to look at this from how scripture illustrates this. When Adam sinned, what did he do? He tried to hide from God. What question did God ask him? The question that God asked is, where are you, Adam? Now, if God is omnipresent, why did he ask the question? It's interesting. An old rabbi was asked this question. If God was omnipresent and omniscient, why did he ask Adam where he was at? 
And the old rabbi's response was, because Adam didn't know where he was at. That's a pretty good answer. Where are you, Adam? Adam didn't know where he was at. God was still present. Adam just didn't know it. Now this matches Jacob's experience. Jacob is at Bethel. He's sleeping and he's dreaming and a ladder comes down from heaven. And the angels are going up and down in it and the Lord speaks to him. And when he wakes up, what does Jacob say? Surely the Lord is in this place and I knew it not. He was here. I just didn't know it. Jonah, he decides to run from God. So he takes a ship going to Joppa to go, the Bible says, from the presence of the Lord. Did Jonah succeed in going from the presence of the Lord? No, he did not, because God is everywhere. All that Jonah did was succeed in removing his own awareness of God's presence. Did you catch the difference there? God was present, but Jonah removed himself. He lost his awareness of God's presence. It is important that we get our mind to wrap around this fact. We are material, we live in a material world, physical world, and we tend to think in terms of time and space. When you hear someone say, get closer to God, or come to God, or God is in heaven, we tend to think in terms of proximity. God in heaven seems a long ways away, does he not? When you think about God in heaven, you think, man, that is a long ways. Drawing nigh to God seems to require some physical movement. This is why many religions have their people go on pilgrimages. Now, we've got to break the habit of thinking in terms of time and space when dealing with God. God is everywhere present, which means that he is as physically close to you at church as he is at a tavern because he is everywhere present. So what's the difference then in between those two places if God is everywhere present? The difference is our awareness of his presence. God is present. The difference is our awareness of his presence. There are places where you might go where God would refuse to make you aware of his presence. There are also places where you might go where you would not want to be aware of the presence of God. Either way, God is present all the same. The only difference is our awareness of his presence. God is omnipresent. He is everywhere. The only difference is whether we are aware of his presence or not. God is omnipresent. What effect should the omnipresence of God have in our lives? If we do not pay attention to this section, then we've just had a Bible doctrines class and that's it. And the fact of the matter is, everybody when you walked in here already knew that God was omnipresent. And so we haven't done anything yet. But when we take the knowledge of the omnipresence of God and we allow it to work in our lives, then it's no longer just doctrine, just not understanding, just not knowledge in your head, 
but it is a way of drawing close to God and knowing God and developing your relationship with him. So what effect should this actually have in our lives? Let me give you four. There's a lot of effects, but let's give you four tonight. Number one, draw nigh to God. Okay, first effect this ought to have is you, we should draw nigh to him. God is omnipresent. So this wording, draw nigh to God, is not physical. Okay, when we went to Israel, almost every major, what we'll call religious site uh, that's in the Bible um, has been there. Some church has built a large monument over the top of this thing. And so you can't even actually tell what it is because there's a big church on almost every of the major sites. There's a big church in it. Now, were we closer to God there in Israel, standing in one of these major churches where some biblical event took place, or closer to God there than I am in the parking lot at the church here? And the answer is no, because it's not distance. And we're talking about drawing nigh to God. It's not a movement, a physical distance. We have to go someplace. God is omnipresent. So what that means, drawing nigh to God, it means that something is hindering your awareness of God's presence. If we're going to draw nigh to him and he's already there, it means that there's something that's hindering our awareness of his presence in our lives. See if we can get a handle on this. Older brothers are notorious for mistreating their younger brothers. We won't ask for any testimonies tonight, but everybody's mind is running that way. But one thing I observed as a younger brother, Steve never mistreated me knowingly in front of mom and dad. Huh, that's a telling statement, is it not? You know uh, all the ins and outs of this. It would be a brazen brother indeed who would put the hurt on you in front of your folks. Okay, so it is with sin. It would be a hardened sinner for sure who was conscientiously aware of the presence of God and went about doing some sin. That would be a pretty hardened sinner who would conscious of the presence of God and then just went ahead and did it. Sin, like it did with Adam, robs us of our awareness of God's presence. So get rid of it. Anything, and I mean anything, that robs you of the, the awareness of God should be gotten rid of. Anything that would hinder God from manifesting his presence to you should be done with. Draw nigh to God. That doesn't mean you have to go someplace. It means that you need to remove anything that would hinder your knowledge, your awareness of that presence. The blood of Christ draws us nigh. We are made nigh by the blood of Christ. So live moment by moment in that provision. Draw nigh to God. Those things in your life that are hindering your awareness of God's presence should be done with. Get rid of them. We're made nigh by the blood of Christ. God is omnipresent. That means we can be aware of his presence. So draw nigh to him. Number two. After you draw nigh to God, live in his presence. Get rid of anything that would hinder and then live in his presence. Heaven is heaven, not because of the streets of gold, not because the gates of pearls, 
not because there are mansions there. Heaven is heaven because God's presence is manifest at all times. We have unhindered awareness of him at all times. That's what makes heaven heaven. We have unhindered awareness of his presence constantly. Now, two or three times on our, Caroline, on our trip, I saw signs on rental properties that were called, the name of the place, they name all these places, the name was called Almost Heaven. Two or three times I saw three, two or three different places, that was the name of the place, Almost Heaven. Boy, if they are, we haven't got much to look forward to. I'm just telling you. If that's all there is, if that was almost heaven, then there's not much to look forward to. But the reality is, in that little house that you live in, with all the defects that it has, can be a spot of heaven. The job you have, the neighborhood you live in, can all be like heaven. All that it lacks is your awareness of God's presence. In his presence is fullness of joy. Heaven is heaven because of God's presence. So the only thing that your job lacks to be almost heaven is the presence of God, your awareness of it. He's already present there, your awareness of that presence. So choose to live in his presence. I've been trying to develop, and at least have done a little bit of this, a habit that has been very helpful in my life. I don't know about you, but I find life complicated sometimes. There's lots of difficulties in life, things that are confusing. And I don't know about you, but as you try to run those through your mind, you try to find the answers for them, sometimes it gets a little distressing, a little disheartening. When they start to get me down, and I, like the prodigal son, come to myself, I have developed a habit. If I'm in the car, I will either roll down the window or slide clear over, and I look up to the heavens. No, I'm not looking up to the heavens to see how far away God is. When I look up to the heaven, I am acknowledging the fact that he is present right there with me. And when I step away from whatever is bugging me, and I become aware, consciously aware of the presence of God, every single time a smile comes across my face. Every single time, those burdens just kind of fall off your back because God is here. He's present. And when I live in the awareness of his presence, all that stuff doesn't really mean anything. It all just falls away. We have the ability, the opportunity, the privilege of living in his presence. In his presence is full of joy. Nothing can hinder us from living moment by moment in the presence of God if we desire to do so. We can be aware constantly of his presence. Third thing effect that it ought to have on us. It should cause us to reach the lost. It should cause us to reach the lost. Now... This is approaching the presence of God from the other side. This is approaching it from the absence of God. If I asked you a question, is God in hell? What would your answer be? 
if I asked 100 theologians, we'd probably get 100 variations of answers. In the passage we read, David said, if I make my bed in hell, you're there. But that word means the grave. So what is the answer? Well, I'll tell you, because of our limited understanding of God and everything that we know is totally tainted by our material world. We only think in those terms. It's all we have to compare it to. My answer is, I'm not really sure what the exact answer is because I don't understand God in totality. And all I can understand is through my own limited knowledge. But I do know this. On earth, many people live in the presence of God all of their lives without being aware of it. A lot of people do that. They live their entire life. God is omnipresent. He's been with them at every single moment. That passage we read was not just for Christians. When David said, you knew me before I was born, that's every single person on the planet. And many people on the planet live their entire life not being aware of God's presence. They may ignore his presence. They may reject his presence. They may despise his presence. Yet in spite of all that, God's grace still flows. They're ignoring, but God is still being God. He is still pouring out good. He's still working on their behalf. His presence is there making their life what it what he can do in his life. The grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. So every person on the planet, God's grace is at work in their life. They cannot escape the grace he gives, like it or not, knowing it or not, recognizing it or not, the goodness of God still flows to them. That we know. We also know this. When a person goes to hell, all of that stops. This is the most frightful thing about hell. The absence of God. Heaven is heaven because of him. Hell is hell because you're without him. Whether he is actually present or not may be a matter for debate, but any awareness of his presence, any benefit of his presence is at that moment cut off. That we know. It is such a frightful thing. Now, how can we, who are aware of the sweetness of his presence, allow those around us to be eternally without the presence of God and never say a word to him? How can this be? The presence of God, his omnipresence, should be so sweet in our lives that we cannot stand the fact the people around us may have to live without that for all of eternity and we ought to reach the lost because his aware, the awareness of his presence is so precious to us. And the fourth thing, the effect it ought to have on us, as it always is, is worship. It ought to cause us to worship. Jacob puts his head on that rock and sleeps there at Bethel. And he wakes up in the morning and he says, surely the Lord is in this place and I didn't know it. I knew it not. And what he found out is every place is a place of worship. 
Don't wait till you get to church on Sunday or Wednesday. Every place is a place of worship. God is omnipresent. So on your ride to work, worship God. When you're standing in the checkout line, worship God. When you're on break at work, take some time to worship God. God is there. He is omnipresent. Quit ignoring him and worship. God is omnipresent.